You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Auburn is not a place. It is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than just a collegiate sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, and more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people. Those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time, for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's oak trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid at the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Welcome back to Auburn Roots as we continue our journey talking to and discovering the stories of the Auburn family. This week, we're going to be breaking down episode number four. I can't believe we're already four episodes into this. And we're going to continue the connection going again on this episode. Each one of our previous guests have led us to another, and so continues the story here. Uh, Our last episode, episode three with Jerry Hinn, he mentioned a guy to me that covers an area of Auburn athletics that... I don't think that we've touched enough about in the first three episodes, but we've talked equestrian, we've talked soccer, we've talked football, basketball, women's basketball. You know what? We haven't talked about baseball yet. And there's one guy I can think of out there on the Auburn Twitter sphere, social media sphere that knows a lot about the aspect of the Auburn fandom that is Auburn baseball. And that's Mr. Kevin Eyes. You know him as A-U-P-P-L on Twitter. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. No problem. It is a joy to talk to someone who loves the game of baseball as much as I do. I will always admit that football is my first love. Basketball is the the true love, actually, if I'm really honest. But there's something about the game of baseball that just brings me in every summer, and I just can't quit it. I love the game so much. I, I kind of feel like that's the same for you. Oh, it definitely is. Like Baseball was the sport that I kind of I was terrible. I was not a good athlete. I mean, I did play <laughs> high school football and I did, I didn't play high school baseball, but you know, little league and stuff like grew up playing baseball, baseball. I'm from Opelika and you know, baseball, we have Dixie youth and it's kind of a big deal. And that's like, every kid did that. You know, they, they was, they were on a Dixie youth team and they, um, you know, you, that was sort of your, your group of friends um, outside of school was from Dixie youth and Opelika would always have, um, they called like, I forgot what it's called. It's either play day or something. There'd be one day when essentially everybody would play on a Saturday. Um, and it was always a huge deal. Like you'd have like the entire town come out. Um, but I've always loved baseball. It's just been very, baseball to me is, is very, it's relaxing to watch. Um, it is nuanced enough that you can be a very casual fan and enjoy it, but you can also start to get into the ins and outs and start analyzing the numbers and, and shifts and, there's so many things in baseball when you watch a game of baseball that you're going to notice for the first time, or, or maybe that you're going to kind of pick up on that you never would have noticed before. 
Right. Um, they, there's a saying that you never, you always see something new in baseball or, um, you know, it's always fresh. And that's, I mean, that really is the case. And there's so much differences. There's so many differences in America and the types of baseball, because you've got, you know, you've got major league baseball and you've got minor leagues and you've got, you know, summer ball, uh, which, you know, on a collegiate level, you have semi-pro um, teams, you've got college baseball and you've got divisions and layers in that. And you've got, um, you know, you've just got stuff all over and baseball sort of a game that everybody can kind of pick up. And I, I think a lot of people grow up playing it at some point or, or, or grow up watching it at some point And then your sports fan of me, they kind of diverges or you stick with it. Uh, but I think everybody at some point is, has been touched by baseball in some way. I know that it's, it's touched me tremendously and it's had a great impact on, on me when it comes to my friends and comes to, um, you know, family and relationships and just sheer joy. But um, yeah, baseball, baseball is my, is my love. And I, I'm, you know, we're kind of in this, this situation with the, you know, the social distancing and everything and we don't have major league baseball right now. And I'm even getting to a point where I've, I'm waiting for like Korean baseball to come back. Um <laughs> And I, I won't have a problem with waking up at like two o'clock randomly in the morning to watch a KBO game. I've done that before. Yeah. Um, and so just to get that fixed a little bit. Hey, look, there is no judgment there. You got to get your baseball in whatever way you can. And, you know, they play great uh, game over there as well. Uh, so it's not like that you're going to be getting up to watch uh, baseball play be played in a poor manner. You're going to get quality baseball because they're professionals too. Right. And, and look, you know, aside from that, it is the great American pastime. I love what you said about how it just, it's so nuanced yet so simple. Uh, so much you can get enthralled in there, but something that you can just get laid back in and just kind of hang out with the people that you're wearing, maybe teach somebody a little something or learn something yourself. It's a great game. And I think there's no better way than describe it than the great American pastime. And, you know, it makes it even better when we try to tie Auburn into it as well. And we're going to get to that. Obviously we're going to talk about Auburn baseball, maybe some of the history you have with it and other Auburn sports out there as well. But let's kind of get a little bit into you, Kevin, tell me a little about where you're from kind of if I had to sit you down on a couch and say, tell me your life story in like the quickest format you can <laughs> squeeze that in there for me. I mean, the best way I can describe it, I've actually have friends that make fun of me a little bit about it, but Auburn is my bubble. Like Auburn Opelika is really my bubble. I was born in Opelika, technically born in Valley because my mom worked for Lanier, uh, which is the hospital in the Valley. So technically I was born in Valley, Alabama, uh, but grew up in Opelika, went to Opelika high school and then um, went to Auburn after that. I didn't really look at it, any other schools. Auburn was kind of where I wanted to be. Um, I would have been, or I am now, I guess, third generation with my mom and then grandfather um, going to Auburn. I grew up going to Auburn football games with my dad. We still had, you know, that's when we still had season tickets. Um, and so that was kind of ingrained in me. But went to Opelika, had a bunch of interest in Opelika. Um, and when I came to Auburn, kind of needed to find myself a little bit um didn't really know what I wanted to do I, I thought about I was going to try to major in everything from um I was going to be a journalist for a little bit or I was going to be in theater um I think at one point I wanted to be in education um ended up settling on they call it mass comm now but radio television film mm -hmm. um you know graduated and had the the five-year kind of four and a half year plan um <laughs> at Auburn um was involved in a bunch of stuff I was in a fraternity uh, did Camp War Eagle as a parent counselor on that side of try to try to get give back to Auburn and try to experience Auburn as a student as much as I could. Um, after I graduated, actually, like while I was still in school, my last semester, um, I got an internship and eventually a job at WSFA in Montgomery, just TV station. Um, 
it's the sort of the big dominant station. A lot of people in Auburn grew up watching WSFA. There's a lot of history with Auburn and WSFA. Like that's where the Auburn football review started. Yep. Um, I got to meet a lot of the people that sort of started and put that together and hear their stories about how, how they would do now. It's not, it's not easy now, but before you, they would literally have to um, record the games. They would, they would record highlights from the games, run them back literally on film, drive them back to Montgomery, edit all night. Um, And then in the morning, that's when, you know, uh, coach Jordan or coach Barfield or coach die, they, they had a set time when they would come in. So they basically had a window of like three or four hours to get the entire show ready so that they, so the coach was ready just to sit down and go over the highlights and everything. And um, that is kind of actually in my house. It's one of the things I stole from SFA. Um, I do have a picture from the, with uh, Carl Stevens and Shug Jordan. Um, you know, you see the SFA camera in the, the Auburn football review, but um, it was at SFA for about 13 years, um, worked in the marketing side. So it's commercial production and, um, graphic design, uh, a lot of writing, um, then not really a lot of reporting, um, a lot of field producing stuff like that. And then um, my latest chapter is really uh, I have a job, I work for Auburn University now um, in risk management and safety. I'm their communication and marketing specialist. I've been in that job for about almost two years. Um, really enjoyed it. It's a different change of pace. I, even when I was at SFA and I commute, I still live in Auburn and go back and forth. Um, I would always, and, I, and I'm not alone in this, but always was always trying to find a job at Auburn, try to find a way to like give back to like a school that gave so much to me. You know, met my wife, not when I was in school, but you know, in town, she actually is from Beauregard. Um, we were similar in age, she's a year younger than me, but you know, this is kind of everything it, that has been good and great um, in my life is all kind of either thanks to Auburn or is tied to Auburn in some way. Uh, the town and the university both, like it's just, I, I'm, I feel very blessed to still be able to, during baseball season, go to a midweek game um, or, you know, not have to have an entire weekend just to go to a game. Like I can go um, tailgate for a football game and then go back home, you know, or um, I'm not driving back to Birmingham or Montgomery or Columbus for everything. And so it, being here, um, it's definitely a different experience. There are two seasons. There are, you know, there is the student season and then there's the county season here. Um, but I love it here. And, and I think the majority of people listening are going to say the same thing. The Auburn's special and it's special for a lot of different ways. It's, it's hard to really pinpoint on that. And that's a lot. Jeremy Henderson on episode two, we talked about trying to define what it is about the town, the culture, the people that really makes it so special. And, and we got nowhere close to it. I mean, we, we thought we were getting close to explaining it, but just it never could be pinpointed exactly that. And I think what I'm hearing from just your general life story is it's so all-encompassing outside of, you know, you talk about living there in the Opelika Auburn region. You talk about working for Auburn WSFA with the connection to the football review. I mean, you literally have been a jack of all trades. I mean, I, I did I hear correctly theater in there somewhere? Yeah, I was in theater. That you know, I did theater all throughout high school. I was going to be a theater major. Um, the two of the directors at Auburn University Theater are still involved. Um, Deidre Hagen and Dan Laurent go to my church, um, and so I kind of knew them. Theater was just not for me. It was just not for me. <laughs> um, I, I could act, but I, you know, I'm always been kind of more the the silly, goofy guy instead yeah. of the, the the serious death of a salesman type deal. I, I couldn't really do a lot of that stuff. I can I can always try to make people laugh. I'm, I'm good, kind of good at that, but the serious stuff I just kind of dragged me down. And then plus, you know, I, it's if you if you major in theater, 
you have to have a lot of backup plans. And it's very hard to convince your parents <laughs> to say, I'm going to go to Auburn, I'm going to major in theater, and I'm going to be an actor. Uh, because a lot of your parents are always like, well, what is your, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to be an actor, but you're really an, working at Applebee's? Like, what, what's the deal here? Yeah. So, I, yeah, the theater was, was a, it's an interest, still is. My wife teaches theater, and I help out um, with their productions whenever I can. It's it's kind of funny that so they'll have productions in the last uh, their last production last season. You know this season got got a, got kind of cut right. off. Um, they I remember watching. They were doing Our Town, and I was taking up tickets for Our Town. But I literally had my phone out and I was watching the I was watching Auburn baseball because it's the same day, it's the same time. Um, and so I was literally up front watching the game, and Lindsay would watch me like pace back and forth when the game when I would get nervous and stuff and. Um, I'm, I've, I have not, I've tried not to miss an Auburn baseball game, uh, very recently. So even if I'm have responsibilities like, you know, chaperoning a prom or, um, doing stuff with work, um, I still try to, to catch in because that's really like when I think a lot of people that knew me and follow me on Twitter, it all came from baseball because before SEC network, like televised every game, that was kind of my niche. Um, and it, it kind of spurred from, from Jerry Hennon, like, riding the planes with parking lot stuff because it i would go to the games and i would tweet out play by plays because nobody was really doing that for auburn right um you know you couldn't the the auburn network the radio broadcaster in such a way that the only way to listen to the auburn baseball games is if you have the local channel back then now you can use tune in and, and you can catch all the games but um so people you know from birmingham and around like they couldn't catch they couldn't know what was going on in the game and I was able to do that because I was there and I would just tweet out, you know, updates, inning by inning. I started adding gifts and stuff to it and kind of making it my own. Um, you can kind of tell depending on how the game goes or <laughs> I guess how much, um, how much I've been celebrating, how coherent the tweets can be towards the end. But um, I, I really like that. I mean, I've met a lot of people from that, uh, that, I, you know, that I call really close friends. Um, and so that's kind of what we, that's where I am now because we, we basically have a, uh, I have season tickets and you know, a lot of my friends, we all have season tickets, but we, what we do, and that's where kind of the Plainsman parking lot stuff came from. Um, I'll back up just a little bit. So the, the Plainsman parking lot, like why that name came was because that's where I would watch the game after college, because I would be coming from Montgomery um, in a lot of these midweek games and a lot of the Friday games, I would not be able, I would, I would have a ticket or I try to get a ticket, but I would, I would be so late coming into the game or, or I'd come just, just when the game started. So I ended up watching the majority of the games for the parking deck that's right next to it. And you get a good line of sight and a good view. And so I, was, I would literally be sitting in the park or standing in the parking lot watching the game. And that kind of evolved to a lot of our friends doing it. And um, we kind of take that part of that top row, the top deck. There's other people that are always there now. And that's where we watch. We watch, we tailgate. And um, this is, that's kind of our thing. It's, um, we always sort of have a group of friends and um, we make it really fun um, and make it more of a, a camaraderie in that, in that, that atmosphere. And so I'm still tweeting out games, but uh, you know, that, that crew, that deck crew, like they're family now. I mean, they're, that's the, um, that's the long and short of it. They're, they're kind of, they're my, my Auburn family because they, they're from all walks of life and, you know, they're from all over and we've just all kind of come together from, loving Auburn baseball and loving Auburn. Um, and it's just been great. And I meet people all the time that come up and I tell them to come up and meet me all the time. 
um, my wife makes fun of me because people will be like, is, a- is AUPPL up here? <laughs> um, and she, she's like trying to big time me, but um, I love it. It's fantastic. I think that's one of the things about Auburn and Auburn baseball is that's what kind of makes it very unique. There are some schools that do have like a deck, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vanderbilt has one and it kind of overlooks Hawkins Field. And um, there's some other, I think Boston College has one. And, and some groups have these elaborate student sections like Ole Miss, Alabama, and Mississippi State has like the left field lounge or stuff like that. But Auburn, we, we're kind of simple. We have the deck. You know, we don't have the biggest baseball stadium um, in the SEC, but we have something that kind of fits us. Um, and they kind of kind of fits the town. And it's really perfect for the community um, of Auburn, not just for the university. And so I love Plainsman Park. When I would give tours, that was sort of my th- – I would always make sure on the parent – when I gave tours to the parent counselor that I would point out that here's Plainsman Park and it's got – um, it was designed to have three features of the three most iconic ballparks in America. So it's got the green monster like Fenway Park. Um, it's got the greenback chairs like Camden Yards in Baltimore. Um, and it's got the brick backstop like Wrigley Field. Um, and so, you know, I always tried to incorporate that. Even if we were running late on the tour, I would always try to make sure we, we stopped and did that. But, yeah, Auburn and Auburn baseball now, and even just growing up, like it's just – it, it it's my thing, and I and I'm I'm I have, I'm happy for it to be my thing, and I love it to be my thing. So, do you think that you will, or was there ever a time that something besides Auburn baseball, what was did Auburn football ever take precedent, or has that always been baseball? You know, football was big, and I can tell you the turning point that I had with football, because um, I I've, I've told other people this before, but I used to get really really wrapped up in football like mm-hmm. used to be really really if i had if we lost if i'm in football loss and i'd have a bad week until the next game um and i remember it was it had to have been the year it had been like fall of 05 and i might be getting my, my days wrong but i just graduated and then and i was um at the game we were playing georgia and i hate i mean i hate georgia so much um, oh, we all. <laughs> but, we, but we were playing georgia and we were we were in the game and, you know, I think we were having a terrible season. I can't even think what we were doing in 05, but I remember distinctly we ran some play, like we were, we were about to, we could have scored to go, to go ahead. And I might be messed up the details of the story, but I remember um, we ran some ridiculous play with either Mario Fannin on a sweep or Cody Burns on a keeper or something like that. And it went nowhere. And that was kind of towards the end of the game and nothing really happened. And I just remember being so, pissed off and angry at that game and the result of that game that I literally walked from the the stadium Jordan Hare Stadium up to um the Fiji house Phi Gamma Delta which is across from the library on College Street that was the fraternity I was in walked from the house to there I walked from the stadium to the house sort of collecting myself at the house a bit and then I was so angry I was still so angry that I walked from the house to my actual physical house on (laughs) East University um and I remember getting back home um and kind of having this calm and being like you know what i just i can't get upset about these games anymore it's just a game it means a lot but i got to kind of push back a little bit um in in being so wrapped up in football and now it's really kind of benefited me because it's it's changed my game day um experience it's changed sort of how i do game days now i tailgate and i set up a tailgate for some friends behind the Auburn sign on Sanford Lawn and it's my technically it started as my father-in-law's tailgate um, but we've kind of taken it over but on game days now I'm more of a host and I'm making sure that people 
when they're coming in, like they're well fed and they're happy and they're able to fellowship and enjoy one another and kind of enjoy Auburn in general. Um, and I'm not so much worried about the game or the outcome of the game. You know, wins are great and we're, you'll, you'll have memorable, memorable wins, but um, I, I'm really the, if, if Auburn loses, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Um, because at least for football on those Saturday game days, there's more of the wanting people to experience Auburn. And I love that. I love when people come in and with their parents or their friends or friends of friends, and they've never been to Auburn. And you tell them you're trying to throw like a thousand things that they need to see. Like you got to go see the Eagle flight or you got to go get eliminated tumors or you got to do this, you got to do that. And there's so many things that you, that other, that Auburn people want others to experience that it can be kind of overwhelming on game day. So I would always tell them, is don't let this be your only time because you're never going to see everything. You're never going to experience everything um, on a game day. You really need to come multiple times to, to take it all in and just really enjoy kind of what Auburn has to offer and what makes it, what makes it really special. You know, David Housel, and I feel like I say this every episode, said it best, the whole of the Auburn experience. And I think that's what you just described there is that we, you know, football is king. There's no denying that. And it's, it's a huge part of, what it means to be an Auburn family member, but it can't be the only thing. You have to have a well-rounded experience to truly grasp what it is. And I like that story that you told about how you were so wrapped up in it that you just couldn't go on with your, you had to walk (laughs) forever, essentially, just to, just to come to grips with what the frustration you just had. And I I can relate to that. I've had similar moments where there, where I finally just started grasping everything. I mean, seriously, I'm wearing an Auburn tennis shirt right now as we record the (laughs) podcast. I I go to tennis matches because I love the whole of the Auburn experience. Yeah. And so I love that. I mean, I, I think that's a great way to look at it here. You've got to not just have it be one day, but you've got to have it, uh, just be so much bigger than football, so much bigger than a day. Uh, so I think that's a great way to kind of look at that there. But let, let's talk, let's dive into some baseball stuff here a little bit and, and more so the AUPPL thing. I know you got it from the Plainsman parking lots in there, but when did you decide I'm going to start this Twitter account and start giving these, these updates? It really happened very randomly from Jerry and the Joe Cribs car wash. He just asked, um, I, I was following him along. I was following along with him on a on the blog on, on his blog and reading it, just trying to get as much connection with Auburn to read as many Auburn things as I could. And he just sort of posted out there that does does anyone that he he wasn't familiar enough with baseball, and if anybody wanted to contribute baseball stuff, um, he he'd be more than happy to do it. And I just I don't know what sort of prompted me in that moment to say yeah I could do it, but I I just did. Um, and so I think immediately I'd send him an email and said, hey, look, I can do it. I love baseball. I go to games all the time. Um, I'd love to, to write about it. And so that's kind of where it started was where, I, you know, I would, I would contribute stuff um, to that. And then um, from that, I would uh, – I started writing a little bit for College of Magnolia and had my had, – well, between College of Magnolia and, and writing for Joe Cribs Car Wash stuff, I, I had my own stuff for a while, just sort of just a, a blogger page. Uh, where I post updates and, and do things, try to make it funny. I couldn't really keep it up as much as I would like to, but um, did that and, and then went from um, that to College and Mag. And um, after a while at College and Mag, I just sort of, it just became kind of just Twitter only. Um, uh, and that was sort of my, my interaction. I just didn't have time to, I, I, I would try to at least every, the, at the start of every season to, to write like at least a, a big preview. Mm-hmm. um and go from there and um and do a wrap up but that's really kind of how that the AUPPL thing started and really just covering those games 
um, and giving the play-by-play -play, uh, and, and letting people um, – Play-by-play -play for baseball on Twitter really works hand-in-hand -hand because baseball has that shorthand right. um, with all the position numbers and um, how you can, you can say so much with just a few letters um, and numbers. So it, can, it really translates well. Um, and it really just became a, a very niche thing um, that kind of grew. And that I just met a lot of people from that um, and, and, and had a lot of positive experiences from that. Uh, but, yeah, it's really just random. It's just – it's, it's it's an Auburn guy asked for help and I was like I would love to help and and now I'm sort of the that's here it's where I am now I think that's one of the coolest things about this story is that you know you just have this love for the game of baseball some guy reaches out to you uh and, and you just jump on this and, and you start this kind of whirlwind of being the guy so to speak in in, some, in most circles for auburn baseball coverage on twitter and i think it twitter came around at a great time for you as well i love that you found your own way of telling your story injecting humor in where you can and it's just a really cool story i think that uh you tie the plainsman parking lot i mean that's a story in of itself when it, somebody asks what does AUPPL stand for and then they read plainsman parking lot well then that's a whole nother thing and you get into the the tailgating and the, and the friendships you've made made up there there's got to be a couple or at least one just really strange story of somebody you've met up there on the parking lot is there anything like that we have a bunch and so that's the thing that's the best part about it is that the stories end up being really endless um because a lot of times what will happen is once the game is over we don't really leave we kind of just stay up there and we're hanging out and as simple as it sounds it's just a bunch of people sitting in a parking lot hanging out eating and drinking and, and having a good time um, and you get a lot of interactions from that I, I you know some of my favorites have been um, one year we it was the last home game and it was a midweek game it was the last home game for the SEC tournament um, and we were up there and that's always the hardest game that that last home game has always the hardest because Auburn has not hosted a, a regional since like 2010 um, so you kind of knew that when that happened when that last home game happened that was your last chance to see Auburn baseball really in person unless you went to the SEC tournament or went to a regional if Auburn and made a regional um, so we end up staying a lot longer a lot of my friends and I remember being up there um, and we're up there, and we're normally the last ones there watching the field crew clean up and um, we had Jordan Ebert, who was a former player. It was his last game. He came up um, and hung out with us for a bit, and that was really cool. Um, and he, he talked about how, you know, they, they follow us, and they really appreciate it for just us being the fans that we are. Um, told him very sincerely, because I really believe that watching Jordan play, that, you know, when I have a kid or if I have a kid and they play baseball, I would want them to emulate him because he was always hustling, and that's something you always kind of instill in and baseball players, no matter if you're terrible, if you just, which he wasn't, but if, if you're bad, still run full speed and still, you know, try to beat out every throw you can to first. And so that hustle, I was very appreciative of him. Um, you know, and he, you know, said, you know, meant a lot to him and stuff. Um, that's been a cool experience. Um, we've had traditions that have kind of grown. Um, we have uh, what we call Jobu, um, J-A-U-B-U, um, from from if you've ever seen the movie major league you know they have jobu okay so we we kind of made our own little shrine um and it's an obby <laughs> in, a, in a wooden uh, crate and um if auburn is behind and we bust jobu out and we've got people have made offerings to him so there's there's trinkets there's beads and shot glasses and old tickets and <laughs> the, uh, the whitney houston bodyguard soundtrack like um it ends up being a very inclusive thing we want people to like add to it 
um, and when it works, it works. And, and that's, you know, that's always kind of great. Um, and that's been kind of a neat thing to, to add to it. We've done, we try every year to have deck prom. Um, where we just dress up and we've been on TV a couple of times for that. Uh, we're in like, you know, suits and ties and stuff and trying to make it a little bit fun, a little bit goofy. Um, I think just the, the games themselves and just experiencing the games, there's so many of those that, that that's what really makes it memorable. And that's the best thing about baseball is that there's so many games, there's so many chances to watch and to make those memories. And so I remember everything from, you know, a miserable Alabama game on a Sunday. Um, it was like a rain delay. It ended up going to re- so many innings, like 60, it was freezing. Um, and just, but still being up there and watching the game and enjoying it because you're up there. Um, those early games in February are a killer because you're freezing and you are, um, you are still trying to stay warm because the wind will hit you really bad up there if you're not careful. I can only imagine. Um, and so, you know, you're kind of battling the elements, but I love, it's, it's hard to really have like a set list because every, there's always a new thing. There's always something um, that's been crazy. We've had people that have come up, um, just random people that just sort of show up and um, you kind of meet uh, and, and you've, we've had people, we had one guy just, dressed up as jesus it was so random <laughs> he just was walking up uh, and you because I mean, you see this group of people up there um and so i, I guess you, you naturally like gravitate towards it so you know we'll have random people that'll come people bring their pets all the time um and i think we've had people bring ferrets and cats on leashes too and um you know a lot of dogs there's always a lot of a lot of pets and um hanging out it, it's just i think the um I think that the games and that experience tailgating has really been very uh, enjoyable. And that's what makes it memorable. And now with basketball season too, it's, it's, it's evolved to where when the seasons overlap that we're trying to bring a TV up there so we can watch the basketball game too. We can watch the NCAA tournament or SEC tournament um, and kind of, and do that. And, and that's been a good addition to it. Um, we've unfortunately Auburn and, and the baseball schedule and eight, a never really coincide. Um, when they do, that's always a great deal and always a huge deal. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be hard to even start to narrow that list now because they all kind of just get jumbled up into just a, a bunch of joy. Can we park right there on a biggest gripe that I have that it is not an annual tradition where there is an Auburn softball, baseball, track and field, and tennis match all on an eight day weekend? I think that should happen every single year. Can we get on? Can we get what on that makes it? What makes it even worse is that if Mississippi State can do it, because Mississippi State has Super Bulldog Week, thank you, and that's when they have their full. That's when they have their fall game or their spring game, and they always have a home baseball series, and they always have a concert, and they always have all of these things. If they can do that, then why can't we get thank get you. our act together and do that? I know that there's a lot of stuff that goes into. I, I would say there's a lot of stuff that goes into scheduling, but we can set whenever we want to have a day. So <laughs> you should know your baseball schedule a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's only happened twice mm-hmm. if I remember right, you know, since I've been really going to the games a lot that we've had a day and a, and a home baseball game at the same time. Um, cause it's, it's, that is when, when that happens or when there's a big event on campus, like there's a basketball game too. Yeah. And there's, and there's a home basketball game on the weekend or their home baseball game on the weekend. That's always a huge deal because the crowds are bigger and that, you know, you can do both normally for us for bat for if there's a basketball game because the deck. So that technically the top level of the deck, the top two levels of the deck are scholarship parking for basketball. 
So if there is a home basketball game on an Auburn baseball game day, we're not allowed to park up there without a pass. Um, and so normally what will happen is we'll just park lower and then walk up um, until the basketball game, until it's like an hour after the basketball game, then we can go up. Um, but when those overlap, that's a huge deal. That's one of the first things I look for when the basketball, when the baseball schedule comes out is how many times are we going to have that overlap um, where I can go watch Auburn basketball and watch Auburn baseball on the same day. Um, and that's always fantastic. I wish the softball was a little bit closer. It's a trick, but you could probably do all three in one day. Um, if you wanted to with basketball, softball, and baseball. But, yeah, that's – it. It campus has a different feel in the spring and summer for those sports than it does in the fall. It, it is still a lot of that energy and a lot of that electric – electricness in the atmosphere, but um, it's, it's a lot more laid back, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's still as special. It just it's just different, and that's the only way that you can explain it. I, I love springtime in Auburn, a because you know we're starting to get some nicer weather again. Usually, if you're not in that February region, like by the way, kudos to you, my man, for being up on that du- <laughs> on that deck in that type of weather because we know how rough it can get in February in Alabama. I mean, it, is, it can change on a dime. Yeah, it's been, uh, so, there's been some terrible, terrible games up there weather-wise. You, you are a brave man, my friend. You and everybody who's been up there braving it with you. Every time I talk to someone on, on these episodes now, I, I keep saying to myself after I get done talking to them, there, there's no one's going to be able to top this type of story. And now you've, just, you've told me this just shrine of, of Albie up there that I had no clue. You opened up a whole new world for me, Kevin. Now I have <laughs> to come up there just to see this. Like, I, I'll, I'll just stand back and watch what happens. It's like a, it's a movie that you just can't stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, it. It's just, it's just goofy stuff that we do up there. It really entertain us. I mean, and, and to kind of stay interested in the game because there's, you know, when we were, when we're up there, there's a group of us that are always fo- focused on the game and watching what's happening in the game. But there's others that are really just there for the social aspect. And so we're trying to have that, that balance a little bit for everybody. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. 
Let's talk about Auburn baseball a little bit here and uh, getting into the team, the program, the history of it. I say the word Auburn baseball or phrase Auburn baseball to you. What first comes to mind? I wouldn't say tradition. I mean, it's, and it's, it's not. So Auburn is kind of in a, a unique position when it comes to a baseball legacy. We are the only SEC school with a hall of famer um, with Frank Thomas. Um, and, you know, that'll change in, in the years to come, but um, Auburn has a history of, baseball success now we don't have the the level of championships like LSU may have or you know we don't have the um you know the the stadium records um and the all the trips to college world series like in Arkansas or Mississippi State but we have we do have a history we do have a legacy and we have um we have some very um great players and great coaches that have come and that have worn the Auburn baseball jersey and I think that's sort of the cool one of the cooler things about following Auburn baseball is that the, the the here's one of the differences I think to me and and when it comes to following Auburn baseball and the players is that Auburn has a tendency to make we'll make you know good players and we'll have you know we'll produce good players but we'll also produce like superstars you know and we'll produce guys that are really um, we'll we'll have guys that are really you know transcend transcendental talents that'll come through like Bo Jackson or Frank Thomas or Tim Hudson. Um, you know, Josh Donaldson, you know, we have guys that, that are, um, that, that people make sure they buy their Jersey of and that, that they have their baseball cards and stuff like that. There's a, there's a, there's a legacy there. And it's not just those guys, it's guys that you, you maybe not even realize, like even Greg Olson, um, you know, being rookie of the year as a reliever is, was a huge deal. And, um, you know, one of the best pitchers that we've, that we've had. And I, I love Auburn baseball because that family aspect, that we always talk about when it comes to the players really kind of translates because with baseball, you have a bunch of guys that are all kind of pursuing their dream and they're all trying to, to, everyone wants to make it to the pros and Auburn has had some success there, but they've also had guys that are really supportive of one another. And um, you'll kind of, you'll see that you'll see a lot of people wanting, a lot of players wanting to come to play for Auburn because of, that that network a little bit um and so what the that experience like even this past season it was cut short i mean how many kids would would pass on the chance to be coached have a pitching coach as tim hudson right um you know there's there's really cool things that auburn can do uh, with that now in the in years past you know after hal baird we kind of went through a little um you know paul nix and hal baird were the two really the the Mount Rushmore Auburn baseball coaches they're going to be one one a and one b but and so after Hal Baird we, we Auburn kind of lost its footing a little bit you know we hired Steve Renfro and then got rid of him probably a little too early in my opinion um you know then we hired Tom Slater and Pulaski we had Sonny Galloway for a year and now where we are now with Butch Thompson and and what he has done for the program already in really such a short amount of time it's it's mind blowing to me where Auburn baseball is now compared to where it was not even three years ago. Um, and a lot of that, the majority of that has to do with Butch and it has to do with his attitude as a coach, his attitude as a man, um, sort of his, his vision that he has for the program. You, I don't want to, I don't want to put the, the cart before the horse or anything, but I really think, um, and I'll tell anybody that listens to it that, the longer we keep Butch Thompson as a head coach in baseball, the closer we are going to get to becoming, I guess, a, an LSU, for lack of a better term, you know, under Skip Bourbon and, and Paul Maneri, like that group. 
Right. He has a he has a plan, and the plan has worked, and a lot of folks are buying into it. If you've ever heard him talk too, that's the other thing. Like I've I've just heard him randomly talk on like Tiger Talk sometimes, and I'd want to run through a freaking wall for him. <laughs> you know, he's very he's a great speaker, he's a great motivator, and he speaks with such sincerity. Um, you know, I'm a part of the Diamond Club, and and part of the Diamond Club, one of the membership benefits is that we can he'll have like a pregame talk for some of the Saturday games, and listen to him talk and like. As, as he's so honest and direct, he's not sugarcoating anything. Um, but I could, I could honestly just listen to him talk for hours. But where Auburn baseball is now and what we're building and what has been built um, really makes me excited. It's something that we haven't seen in so long. We got very close. We got so close kind of in 2010 um, with, with that group, with like Brian Fletcher and Hunter Morris and those guys. And we hosted a regional. That's when we had the, you know, the Creed Simpson home run um, against right. Clemson, um, you know, kind of like the last big baseball memory until the, the past couple seasons. Um, and then we kind of fell off. It, it, it was from a lot of stuff. It was from talent. It was from the game changing. Literally, the game changed. They, they adjusted the equipment that was being played. And so the, the game changed a lot. That hurt. But now we're, now we're on, the, on this path. You see the players that come in. You see the talent we have. You see the success that we're having. That it just—it's just building to something that's going to be even greater. Um, and I think that's—that makes me so excited as an Auburn baseball fan, just, or just a fan of Auburn in general. You know, Butch Thompson has intangibles that I, I just—again, I feel like I say this a lot on 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 any podcast today. You just can't pinpoint what it is, but he has it and i think it's in doing the little things like it, for instance i had a pipe dream that tim hudson would come be a coach at Auburn, <laughs> and it's happened i mean how crazy is that I, you know i am a huge atlanta braves fan just for a little personal note here love tim hudson other than tom glavin was my favorite braves pitcher and the fact that i get to see one of my favorite professional players come back to his alma mater and be a coach a volunteer coach mind you at least that's the oh, way yeah. he's, that's the way it's structured right now that to me speaks to what this program has the potential to do the fact that you can attract gabe gross tim hudson all these other great coaches and now great players coming in now not just because you're having success but because of the individual you are speaking about coach butch thompson there and there's a lot of personal stories i've heard of him just making a point to come up to some individual who they didn't even think they knew their he didn't think or they may not know their name just come up to him and say i appreciate you being here and supporting us so oh, yeah I, I think we are in a very special place with butch thompson right now and i agree with you that i do hope that he stays around for quite some time here and you, you mentioned those valleys I, I think we, we should appreciate what we have now you know what what would be the low point not to speak ill of the people of former coaches what's the low point for Auburn baseball we've I mean we've had some there the we had a string where we just wouldn't make a regional I mean and that was kind of and in college baseball making a regional should be for successful teams they should do that every year they should make a regional that means you are one of the 64 best teams and there's not really a ton of college baseball teams um that means you're one of the 64 best teams um and you don't necessarily have to host a regional every year but just going to one and having that having that kind of that chance to advance the postseason because they were years too where it wasn't even auburn would be lucky if they made the sec tournament um and that's that was bad i mean that's bad baseball that's really you know it's tough to watch it's, it's normally a lot of air field baseball and it's just you know, fans don't really come out to it. And it it's kind of hard to attract players to that. And 
baseball is really weird. It's very, it's very cyclical in a lot of ways, but um, I think the best thing and really the reason that I follow baseball so much is that even if there is a low, um, even if there's like a bad loss, there's always another chance. And you saw that this past year, like I, I would think that like maybe the worst there, there's two losses that kind of like how Auburn lost the game that, you know, I would, I would have gotten physically ill um, or I did kind of get physically ill watching them. Um, one of them was, and it's so random and I don't remember the year, but Auburn was playing Ole Miss in Ole Miss. And I think Justin Camp was pitching and we were trying to intentionally walk the batter and um, it was an extra inning game. We're trying to intentionally walk the batter to, to, to set up a forced every play. And the guys just weren't paying attention. And Camp, or whoever it was, throws a lollipop basically over the plate. And the credit to the Ole Miss hitter, he stood in and just sent it to the freaking moon and had a walk-off home run on what was supposed to be uh, an intentional walk. Like, that. you watch that, and you're just like, how does that? Like, that's – that is a hard loss to swallow. In the SEC tournament this past year, you know, how Auburn got eliminated. Mm. The, the, still, I'm still the, reeling for that one. You're, you're, you're bringing yeah. up some bad memories here. I remember watching that. I was watching that at my desk at work, like, when it happened. But here's the, here's the thing about that. So that's how Auburn ended the SEC tournament. And you're like, God, now we're just going to – we're happy if we just win a game and it's in the regional. And then what happens in the regional? Auburn goes to a regional and not only wins the regional – um, but wins it with some heroics with Stephen Williams. They, they beat a rival in Georgia Tech. Um, I went to that regional. It was the first regional I've actually ever been to. Um, and, well, outside of the, the, the one in Auburn. Um, and that, just the atmosphere was great for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia Tech has a, has a great park. But then, you know, from that, Auburn then goes to play North Carolina, and you're like, well, we're kind of lucky that, you know, we've made a super regional Hopefully it's not going to be – we're not going to have these bad – these loss like we did the year before where the literally the walk-off home run bounces over the guys – or off the guy's head, um, in the, in, and that's what keeps Auburn from the College World Series. Mm. Um, or the year before that, you know, playing at Florida State, and um, you give up, a, give up a late lead, and, and that kind of sets up a decisive uh, winner-take-all game that, on a Monday that Auburn loses. But that SEC tournament loss, you have that short memory – and Auburn ends up going to the College World Series the first time, you know, since Tim Hudson. Um, and so you'd always kind of have those. I think that's the best thing about baseball is there's, there's always this short memory um, and this, this short mindset that, that you have to have with those losses. And that's what makes it different from football. There's normally always another game. And there's normally, even if it is the last game, like Auburn, you know, lost two games in the College World Series. And they lost the old Miss game, the, the Mississippi State game, in kind of brutal fashion. But they were still there and it's, and it's still, there's always still that chance. And you always have the, you always have enough of a core kind of coming back. Or you want enough of a core coming back next year that there's always hope. That's the, that's the best thing about baseball. Baseball is the sport of eternal optimism. Yep. Because you, because there's always, there's always next season opening day. Everybody is, is, is all, everybody has a winning record on opening day. Um, and that kind of carries over into college baseball and stuff like that. So I, there's been a ton of like really heartbreaking losses but that's just how baseball is because it, you, there's no game is really over until you get that final out and anything can really happen. Um, but there's also those, you know, those huge wins of the walk-off wins and 
the rallies and stuff like that. And I think that's another reason that makes baseball so great. Baseball is a unique beast and it is, it is especially unique at Auburn, just like many things in Auburn athletics. We just yeah. find a way to make them very special. One aspect we have not hit on in great detail. We've mentioned a couple of names, but Auburn in major league baseball, we've got a great history ourselves here, but as you said, we have a great history of creating some, some great players. We've mentioned Tim Hudson, Frank Thomas is what a name that we've dropped. You know, when I say Auburn in the MLB, what comes to mind for you? Right now, it's Casey Mize. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, it's, that is the kind of the future. Um, it's another thing that Auburn can hang their hat on because Auburn now has produced a number one MLB draft pick. And that's hard to do. That's really, really hard to do because not only you're competing, it's not just you're pulling from a college pool, like you're pulling from high school and you're, 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 you're pulling from international and stuff like that. So to have the number one overall pick and have a guy who, if the season, it probably won't happen this year because of what this, how the season is right now, but um, when the season starts back. But having a guy that is going to be on a major league roster maybe three years removed from college is tremendous. And that's a, he was an incredible talent. And, that's, and he's a talent that he, he's, he's not going to be the only one that you see come out of Auburn. Um, Auburn has been lucky to have a lot of these like frontline pitchers recently – um, Tanner Burns being the latest one that, uh, and then, um, Keegan Thompson before Casey, um, you're, you're, I think Auburn fans will look back and, and see these names on their roster back then and just sort of be amazed at, at what Auburn was able to do. They were able to produce this talent very successful. Auburn isn't at a point on, on the professional level where it's like LSU where you have a, you know, have an LSU player almost on every freaking team. Um, but we do have players that are very, very good. And we do have players that um, are, are going to be kind of next in line to be in the show. Um, and you have players you never would, you never would expect like Garrett Cooper. I watched Garrett Cooper play. I love watching Garrett Cooper play. Do, did I think watching him play that, that I would be watching him at some point play for the Yankees or be a guy that was a featured player for the Marlins? No, not at all. But, you know, Auburn has been able to kind of scout these guys and evaluate these guys and see stuff and develop them while they're here. And you'll see guys in the future that are kind of like that, like Brendan Venter. Um, that's one that comes to mind. Um, I, I really think that when, you know, Ryan Bliss is playing now, I, I really think that Ryan Bliss in a couple years, um, when he graduates, when he leaves, um, if all if everything kind of stays tra on, on track where it is, he's going to make a lot of money in the major leagues. Like he just has those tools um, and stuff like that. And so it's it's really good to see. Um, it is it's good to be able to kind of hang your hat on and um, follow. You can you can follow a team based on one of those players. You know you can. I'll probably watch a lot of random Twins games uh, when the season starts back just to watch Josh Donaldson. Um, yeah. you know, just to kind of see that I'll be tracking Casey's progress as much as I can and seeing who the next guy is, because there's always guys who you didn't expect, like, you know, like Scott Schumann or Trey Wingeter, um, you know, or, uh, you know, guys that, that kind of, um, you saw play at Auburn and did great at Auburn. And now you kind of, when they get their chance in the show, you want them to have all the success in the world because you want to follow them and, and invest in them as much as you can. 
you know, it doesn't hurt either when they go to your favorite team, the Atlanta Braves. And I think we <laughs> both agreed that when Josh Donaldson came to the Braves, that was like just the, the completion of, of two worlds colliding for us. I mean, I, I loved every moment of that one year. <laughs> I know it's great. Well, here's the thing too, like when it comes to Auburn and following Major League Baseball. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Braves fan. I'll, I'll watch the Braves, but I've, I've never, my team that I would watch consistently or I would follow consistently was very randomly was the Kansas city Royals. And the only reason is because is honestly because of Bo Jackson and then George Brett. I mean, that's really the only reason. And like, um, I'll still watch Royals games to this, you know, to this day. And I'm still invested in the Royals. And it's really just because of Bo. Um, and it's, and it's because of having that, that Auburn love, um, you know, and, and Bo is Bo too. You can't really discount that. Like when he played, it was just, you, you, you were watching lightning strike like every time. Um, I never saw him like live or anything. I just remember like, um, I was like young when I saw, if, if I saw him live, but, um, you, you see the highlights and it's just unreal. And you see the, um, the things that he did on the baseball diamond and still to this day, people talk about him. It's just, it's legendary stuff like that. Um, he made the joke. I, I actually read this the other day. Someone asked him about, well, he, you know, he broke the bat over his knee. Did he know it was going to break? Um, and he said, no, he had no idea. The only reason he did it is because he was so pissed off that a guy got him out that he didn't think deserved to get him out. Um, <laughs> and so it was just his natural reaction to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, watching the, you know, I, I'll watch college baseball day in, day out, much to my wife's chagrin, the same amount that I'll watch, but you know, having a, an Auburn player on a major league roster gives you that added, that added flair gives you sort of that added interest and makes it very, it makes it even more enjoyable. Yeah. You know, I, I try to stress this to uh, not that anybody's really listening to me in major league offices in any sport. If you really want a big draw of fans to come your way, you need to sign up an Auburn player. It doesn't matter what sport, WNBA, whatever. We'll follow it. We will be there. We will watch the, we will watch the games. We will listen. We will wait for the stats to come in. We'll see how much time you get. And here's the thing, you know, as we're recording this right now, Carolina Panthers, you know, they're kind of <laughs> so wishy-washy with what they're doing. You know, it's that, that one minute we don't like them, the next we do. It's, it's just, you know, if you want a solid group of fans to stay with you, keep an Auburn player on your roster. That's all I'm saying. I think there's going to be a, there's probably a lot of um, new Carolina fans that are having to dig through all their stuff out of the garbage now. Um, <laughs> well, if they haven't Derek. burned it already. <laughs> if they haven't burned it, uh, maybe they would have lucked out and, I don't know what number Derek Brown would pick, but if he had picked number two, oh, it, might, it might save some, <laughs> some headache for some for some folks and stuff uh, like that. So, little little insight pulling back the curtain here as we're recording this. The NFL draft is happening live for 2020, the virtual 2020 NFL draft. So there it's you gonna go. It's going to make it. It's going to make it even harder for NFL fans because I, my NFL team is the Dolphins and they drafted Tua. Yeah. And so, like, I don't want to root for that. Come yeah. on, guys. You it's really just to sell name. seats. I know, I know. <laughs> I hope, I hope, hope you you can get it bleeped out or anything. Nah, like we'll, we'll 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 let one slide. That's that, that's okay. okay. That's we'll let that one slide. Um, yeah. Look, baseball, uh, whether it's just the the sport in general or Auburn uh, in, encompassing, it's got a lot of uh, great things about it. And and the fact that we have so much history, so many great players, coaches, moments, a, an incredible stadium. You know, like you said, not the the world's greatest baseball stadium, but it fits Auburn and what it needs and what it can do for its family. And whether that means players or the broader fan base, I, I just, I think your story and what you kind of developed with 
AUPPL and, and your group up there for baseball games, for football games in the fall. It's just a great, the whole, the Auburn experience story. And I think it's one that it was very worth uh, sharing. So I appreciate you doing that, but you know, well, I, thank I, you. I cannot let you get out of here though, without what I am now having to coin. I used to call it rapid fire questions. Now it's called not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's going to be a series of this or that, or, or your favorite, this type of Auburn scenarios. And they can be sports related. They can be non sports Auburn related, they, you know, okay. whatever route you that first comes to mind, I want you to go with. And if you need to explain yourself, you can, most people. Need okay. Cause I can do I, that. I've been I've been surprised by some answers, so we'll see. I mean, you, you did just throw out an Aubie Shrine thing from Major League, so that that kind of threw me for a loop. So we'll see what we get out of this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So not so rapid fire, rapid fire. We'll start with question number one of twelve: orange or blue? Blue. Orange makes me look like a literally a giant <laughs> orange. So navy <laughs> navy blue uh, works out a little bit better. I'm I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, so whenever I wear an orange shirt, like I, I look like the the freaking sun so unless it's all over and all orange i'm not wearing an orange shirt (laughs) well i'm glad that you're at least willing to get on board for that at least you know that's the navy blue should be slimming it's closer to black there you go okay as long as you've got reasons for that i I can get on board with it number two obby or war eagle i'm probably gonna piss off a lot of people but war eagle to me i mean obby is great i love obby he's sweet and adorable but that cat um he can be a little bit much sometimes if you're you're trying to just watch a game or um you know if you're trying to because obby attracts the the those packs of feral children um, <laughs> and so if obby is around your area at a baseball game or basketball game like you're not gonna be able to really pay attention to the game at that point because you're gonna have this swarm of kids all come around you i love him he's great best mascot in the world but seeing the eagle you know the war eagle watching it fly being up close with it when you hear that thing bark it's it's fantastic it's just that always gets to me. I, I love the, the eagle. I'm going to add you to the list I need to be watching for that the Friends of Albi will come and get now. That's, that's three <laughs> of you. Uh, it's, it's troubling <laughs> what I'm hearing here, and I'm, I'm kind of worried for some of y'all now. Well, quick aside here. Should the war eagle fly down for a baseball game? I think it could. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I'm going to say yes is because the highest perch is going to be kind of up where we are. Oh, um, <laughs> so there you go. If, I'm, if I may be able to to be right next to them when they unload the cage yeah absolutely they need I, love to do that. That. I don't i don't know if we'll be high enough but uh, i wasn't even thinking about from the deck i was thinking from the scoreboard but now i love that even more we have to do that yeah they may do it for big scorby I'm, I'm you know i'm partial to the deck obviously <laughs> <laughs> all right number three auburn fight song or glory to all auburn oh the fight song hands down okay. glory i can't i can't listen to glory glory is fantastic but the fact that you know, we play Glory and uh, you hear other schools play it. I can't do it. Fight song is just unique, is, is so uniquely Auburn. I will defend, as I always do, Glory to all Auburn, that our lettering fits better than any other school that may try to fit theirs into it. I mean, when you have to speed up your cadence to fit in the name of your school, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. That's true. Yeah. Number four, and I think we, we're probably going to know the answer to this, but your favorite Auburn athletics program? Baseball. Uh, yeah. Number five. Although I did, I did go to Equestrian the other day. The, mm-hmm. this, this is my first time going to Equestrian ever um, this past season. Those are pretty interesting things. I'm not. It's never going to be number one, but Equestrian people need to check it out at least once. Uh, with the quick, fancy horses. 
quick plug for uh, Auburn Elvis, who does our equestrian podcast out there. He has opened my world to the to equestrian and the perplexing yet amazingness of it. It is our most consistent national championship program right now. Uh, but yes, I agree with you. If you be careful what you delve into, because you met you may now be. I'm trying to think of an acronym for you to use on Twitter. AU stable or something i don't know that could be the AU stable we'll figure out something (laughs) all right number five your favorite auburn athlete it's frank thomas i know everybody's gonna say bo but it's frank thomas to me i mean i just i played big hurt baseball on snes and like it it's it's frank thomas i love frank i met when i met frank thomas at a tailgate uh one year um he was selling this beer this big hurt beer uh thankfully doesn't sell anymore it was terrible beer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, he's just great. And he was just, I've just, he has been so fantastic. He was, he was sort of my, my legendary player that I remember, I remember watching and like, you know, Bo was, was, you know, I was a little young for Bo when he was kind of in his prime and stuff. But um, Frank Thomas was one where I, I just remember like being really, really proud to be from Auburn and Frank Thomas being from Auburn. You know, I treat Bo as kind of this all-encompassing aspect of Auburn, but if you're really going to hone in on something for baseball, I mean, it's it's hard to make a case other than Frank Thomas. I mean, you, you yeah. might get there with Tim Hudson, maybe, but Frank is where it's at. Yeah. Your favorite Auburn coach for number six? Oh, that is tough. I mean, right now it's Bruce. I mean, it's Bruce and Butch, really, but um, I would I would have to say, you know, Bruce is up there right now just for the, the what he has brought to the program and elevated basketball. You know, baseball has had some down down years, but it, basketball has been more abundant, was more abundant for so long. And for what the Auburn basketball program is now, that's all Bruce. And the way he sells the program is just the, being the ambassador that he is. Um, that that's that's him. I mean, that's that's him to a T. Although, I mean, I really want to do one A on one day with him and Bush. I know it's very. Um, a very short-sighted for two current coaches, but um, they're definitely up there. Hey, it's it's whatever the impact that that has left a lasting impression, obviously for yeah. Auburn as a whole, but for you. And I, I can't argue with that, especially currently right now. Number seven, your favorite Auburn non-athletics person or celebrity. It, it can be like anything from a parent oh. to a celebrity. No. Well, my mom, I, you know, my mom is, I guess, technically an Auburn person. No, mine is Bill Kazmaier. Oh. Um, I don't know if you if you're familiar with Bill Kazmaier. I am not. Well, Bill Kazmaier was the world's strongest man. Um, those like when you watch him in the '80s and stuff, like you know, Kaz. Do you remember? Have you ever heard of Kaz Fitness Center? Yes. So Kaz Fitness Center was his gym until he got a divorce and his wife took it, and so he opened SWAT Gym in Opelika. But Kaz Fitness Center, the Kaz is Bill Kazmaier. Um, he went to. He's from Auburn um was just this massive bodybuilder world's strongest man type um it's actually a kind of a, a weird a, a sad story a little bit he, there there was a a random steroid scandal at auburn through the athletic department and casmar was kind of associated with it tertiarily but that's something you if you ever look that up um it's kind of a, a neat it's not really a story i guess auburn really publicizes and stuff but it's it's kind of interesting to see but bill casmar was the world's strongest man and I remember watching World Strongest Man's competitions, and they would say, Bill Kazmaier, Auburn, Alabama. And I was like, you are freaking kidding me. Mm. Um, and then I would go to Kaz Fitness Center, because um, I think it was downtown. Um, and, you know, I would 
I would go to Cass Fitness Center and I, I met him randomly at CeCe's Pizza one time. Bodybuilder uh, at CeCe's. That doesn't fit. Eating an entire, <laughs> eating an entire, uh, the spinach pizza. Um, just, he didn't even have a plate. He just had the, the actual pizza eating it. And he, he took a fork. I still have it. He took a fork, just a regular fork from CeCe's and he twisted the prongs of the legs of the fork and then the handle of the fork. He twisted it all around um, and he made it into like this little spider looking thing. Um, and you just imagine the strength that he had to have just in his grip to do that. Mm. I mean, he's a guy that would roll up frying pans. Like that was one of their competitions. He was like rolling up frying pans, like he's part of the power team. Um, but yeah, Bill Kazmaier, if you ever, if you ever look up those world's strongest man competitions, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, I don't even know what he's up to now, but Kaz was just so, it was just, it was unreal. The things that he did. My world has been expanded yet again, and this is why I love the show. <laughs> uh, number eight, your favorite Auburn building. Mm, um, right. It's, it doesn't even exist anymore, but it would be – it's biology now. But, mm. um, you know, when it was Bodega and Bank Vault, that little, that, that little bar, and I guess before that it was like California Pizza Kitchen. But um, I have so many – I had so many memories. I met so many friends going to Bodega and Bank Vault um that it just became kind of a kind of a part of me and it was just that was home and then it it was mama g's on thatch they've they've since closed that so um yeah it's gonna be bodega yeah pour one out for poor old thatch it's 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 rest in peace Uh, it's tough well this is gonna sting a little bit for you then number nine your favorite auburn place to eat oh well I love Mama G's, but I never really ate the food a lot at Mama G's. <laughs> like I, got the, I got the nachos. You know what my favorite place to eat in Almond right now is? And it's 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 gonna be very random, but it's Village Walk on Sundays. Village Walk has had a Sunday lunch buffet. Um, and it's really quality food. It's really cheap. The lady that runs it is super nice. Um, and so it just kind of grew into like a Sunday tradition for me to like go there. Um and it's just, it's so kind of Auburn-y yeah. because it's just, it's just a random Chinese restaurant. It's, you know, Village Walk. Um, and it's just, it just kind of fits. And you, you see, you see a lot of that family atmosphere just in that restaurant itself. Cause you can see people that come in all the time that she's asked about their kids and stuff like that. So yeah, Village Walk would be mine. And now I have to go try it because I'm, I'm really hungry all of a sudden. So yeah. thank you. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Number 10. Your favorite Auburn tradition again can be sports or non-sports. Oh, I mean, real rolling tumors. I mean, that's that for whatever sport you roll it for. Um, just rolling tumors. It's it's just so um, it's so uniquely Auburn, and it just it means a lot. Um, you, there's it it just lasts that impression um, after a big win, and when you see it rolled, you know, it, when you live in town, you see it rolled for like the next couple of days. Like it's great. Um, and it just lasts with you. So I would say rolling tumors. Number 11, your favorite Auburn memory. Oh man, that is tough. Um, it is, it's not so much an Auburn memory because it's kind of vague, but I, going to games with my dad when I was real young, um, we drove in this like red Mazda truck and we had always parked at the amphitheater and I just, just going to, there's not a specific game um, necessarily, but just going to games with him and whining because I had to walk so much. Um, <laughs> if I only knew now, if I only knew then what I, where I would eventually be walking to after an Auburn football game. Um, but 
yeah, that would be it. That's that's it's always sort of stuck with me. You've been walking a lot, it seems, whether it was trying to deal with after an Auburn loss or going to an Auburn game with with your dad. I've walked all over this town. I walked from um, I this is kind of an embarrassing story, but I walked from um, went to Sky Bar to do trivia um, with some friends and didn't want to really. I was done. I, it was time to go home, and I wasn't really wanting to wait on an Uber. And I wasn't going to drive, so I just started walking home um, and got really, really far. But I got to Town Creek, and I tried to cut through Town Creek, and I fell in Town Creek. Oh um, no! <laughs> and then my genius in that moment thought, "Okay, well, the creek eventually—I know it comes out near my house, um, so I'll just start instead of getting out of the creek. It's like I'll just start following the creek." And so just trudging along through the water, I'm so lucky that like a cop did not roll up Wow! to watch me like trudging through Town Creek at like 11 o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> but I got out of legs were all scraped up and I would not recommend that to anybody. Be, be smarter than I am in it, a lot it, of things. Yeah, I can only imagine what you were walking through in that creek, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's tragic. That's unfortunate. Um, but hey. You know, everybody's got one of those 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 type of memories. Uh, yeah. The good the good comes with the bad at Auburn. Very true. Number twelve, our final question: Describe Auburn in one word. It's going to be cliche, but it's that, that family stuff. That's it's all family. I mean, it's all it's family encompasses it so much. I I have a huge friend family just based from Auburn. From people that I met randomly, that I met from baseball, that I met from when I write for college and mag, that I met at Bodega, that that I still keep in touch with, and I still um, are very close with, and we're all connected by Auburn, and so it that's what's very special. And I, you know, I maybe that exists in some other places, but it's not gonna, it can, it can't exist at the level that it does at Auburn. I 100% agree there. And I, and I, I want to stress this to anybody who ever says family as, as an answer to that question. It, it's not cliche. I mean, <laughs> if, if that's what it means, it, that's, that's what it means to you. And I think that's, that's a very important thing there and it, because family is such a broad term. It can couple with so many different things and so many different stories, experiences, again, back to the concept of the whole of the Auburn experience. And yet again, I sit here at the end of an episode with my mind opened uh, to a new bodybuilder guy for Auburn, a new place to eat for Auburn, the concept of the Aubrey Shrine, uh, mm-hmm. a story about someone falling in Town Creek. I mean, my, my mind has just been expanded even <laughs> just with sitting down with you. And so I got to tell you, man, I'm very thankful to have you as a member of the Auburn family and to have this time just to sit down with you and get to know you a little better. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm really oh, no. honored to be, to be asked to, to spend an evening, honestly. It's, it's been great. No problem, and uh, obviously we'll we'll have to get together sometime, whether it be on yeah. the deck or maybe we can just go and uh, look sorrowfully at Thatch where <laughs> Mama Goldberg used to stand. I hope they do something there, man. It's so I, Thatch became a second home, and then it just ended so abruptly. So I, I hope they do something there. I hope it's not just turned into like. Um, apartments or, or something like that. Uh, that's, I got news for you. That's probably what it'll be. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much again for being here, buddy. War Eagle. War Eagle.
Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?